0: Good morning. Welcome to a wonderful Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, January 20th. And if you peek outside, you will see a beautiful sunrise. And uh, we're just so thankful to God for giving us all things on a new day. And today it's the sunrise. And uh, it's a little prize for those who are up this morning at 730. And we are studying God's Word together. Who I am in Christ is our has been our um, our series for 36 different days, 36 different mornings, and here we are on number 36, the very last one. And we take one of the most popular Bible verses, Philippians 4.13, and we're saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's Philippians 4.13. If you want to turn there, uh, I just love that verse. And uh, we all love that verse. In fact, growing up, I, I know that um, my daughters, both of my daughters, at various times had that as one of their favorite Bible verses, and would post it on the mirror and that kind of thing. Um, uh, I want to ask you a question this morning, and that is, what is your impossible situation right now in your life? What is your greatest prayer request, that which can only be accomplished if. God answers your prayer, something that is out of your control, but you desire. Um, perhaps it's the healing of a loved one. Um, what is your impossible situation right now? And if you feel so moved to put a comment in the comment section, I would love that. Or just think it in your heart, uh, what is that, that very difficult situation that you're going through right now, that impossible thing that only God can answer? Because this is true, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. From a humanly perspective, from a human perspective, it may be impossible. Um, it, there, there may be no way that you can figure it out in your mind how we could get there, how you could get there, but God can do it. Um, what does it mean? I can do everything um, through Christ who gives me strength. That's what it says there, right? Exactly. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. What does that mean? Well, obviously, it doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. It doesn't mean that you can sin, right? That's not what it means, uh, but rather that uh, you you would have you would have the power, God's power, um, to do everything He calls you to do with excellence and with strength, right? Uh, that you could overcome impossibilities, that you could work through difficult circumstances, etc. Uh, but I want us to look at the context so that we can zero in a little bit more on actually what it does mean. So look back now with me, starting at verse 10 in Philippians chapter 4, and this is what we read. Paul wrote, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything everything through Him who gives me strength. So what we're seeing is that the immediate context of Philippians 4.13 is this, that God can give us the strength to make it through our situation no matter the circumstance whether we're going through a time of poverty or a time of riches a time of hunger or a time of being well fed etc cetera. paul is, is is drawing this great contrast right and he's saying that because of because of our relationship with god through jesus christ we can be content in any and all situations and uh, i think this really hones in and zeroes in on what what Paul is talking about in Philippians 4.13 when he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This is not um, a magic wand that you can just make everything happen because um, you want it to happen. That's not what this means. Um, This means that God will give you the power of the Holy Spirit and the strength from Him that you need to accomplish what He has called you to do in any situation. And that through those situations, we can be at peace and we can have that contentment from him when i think about that contentment in ministry um, i'm drawn back once again i mentioned a a few weeks ago my friend in corvallis jeff harris who's working on the campus ministry campus ambassadors there at oregon state university he's been there 40 years i mentioned that to you a couple weeks ago he's been there 40 years he's one of the most content individuals i've ever met Um, he's got uh, uh, no love for money he's not interested in money and power, and, and, and making a big paycheck, and, and rising the corporate ladder, etc. Imagine what you could do in 40 years if you stayed in one ministry and you kept accepting new students every year in, in, into your fold, and shepherding them and guiding them. and what a, what a powerful ministry he's had because of his contentment. I also was thinking um, yesterday when I was preparing this about Carissa Howman, who is uh, one of our missionaries, as you may know. Uh, she and her husband Oliver live in Cameroon, and they actually kind of live out in the bush. Um, they live out in a very rural area. And so and she's really good at sending pictures when she sends her prayer letter updates. And so I was reading one of those yesterday, and uh, it occurred to me look to look at the pictures again, and she, they live in, in a very small house situation that's almost kind of a hut. Um, with a thatched roof um, and uh, very meager surroundings, uh, certainly in their little village out there in the bush in Cameroon, there's there are no restaurants to go to, um, fast food restaurants. There's no air conditioned shopping malls to go to, um, and yet they're very content uh, in their work, and I just think kudos to them, and God has given them this kind of this kind of strength. This Philippians four thirteen kind of ministry where they're just content to continue to minister to whoever God brings in their direction. Now, a related verse to this Philippians 4:13 that we oftentimes think about is Luke 137 where it says for nothing is impossible with God. As you recall, this is in the Christmas story, this Luke 137. And Mary is trying to figure all this out in her head, and God has promised this child to come. And she says, "Well, how could this be? I'm still a virgin." And God then goes on to explain that, "Well, He will provide." And in fact, He's He's already done this with her her cousin Elizabeth, who is who who is now great with child. And and then at the end of that section in Luke one thirty seven, uh, the angel says, "For nothing is impossible with God." we just love that. Nothing is impossible with God. And so when we think about our own particular situations and whatever those impossible situations are in our lives, we can always go back to not only Philippians 4.13, but we can also go back to Luke 1.37. We can just believe in the depths of our heart that if God has called me to it, it's not impossible. Nothing's impossible if God has given me this task, this assignment. I was thinking yesterday um, about our gym project at church. I was writing a letter that I'm going to send out to the entire church body later this week, and uh, I was writing it together with Kim Shubin, who's our uh, Deacon of Finance, um, and we were talking about it, and um, And now I sat down and wrote it, and, uh, I think back six years ago. It's only been six years, by the way, in 2014, a little over six years ago that we started all this, and we made the decision to go forward and uh, we realized this was going to be a very expensive project. And so there was a lot of you know, questioning, and there was a lot of praying, should we do this? When we first started off, it was going to be a $1.5 million project. Eventually, it crept up to $1.6 million. And we just really felt called to do it, and we knew the greatness that it would be for our ministry, and that it would provide the space that we need, et cetera. But at the same time, it's so expensive, and building costs are so expensive, and and the city permits and all of that make it more expensive. And so we were, there was a lot of praying, and we prayed, and then we asked God, and we said, okay, well, if we put this out there and we'll see what everyone says by their response in donation. And amazingly, um, we went forward, and God began to provide the the income and the cash donations. And um, you know, our goal during the first three years of the capital campaign was to to pay that down in cash to the point of $750,000 because all we wanted to borrow was $750,000. And boy, people just kept giving and giving and giving and and we made it in uh, what was, I think 2017, we were able to get that that loan down to $750,000 at the end of our capital campaign. And you know what? I'm here to tell you that we are well on our way to paying that that thing off. And I'm I'm not going to share with you the amount that we're down to now uh, but uh, you'll hear, you'll see that in the letter when you get it. So I'm not going to spoil the surprise. But God has been very gracious to do the impossible and to help us through this amazing, amazing prayer of faith. God is the amazing one. Philippians 4:19, 4, right there next to our main text, uh, just a few verses down from 4:13, of course. And my God will meet all your needs according to His riches, His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that's what God has done in our church time and time again, not just for the gym project, but in all kinds of circumstances. God has met our need, our daily bread need uh, when, the time, uh, when the time came. And I trust that He's doing that for you. And again, I ask the question, what is your biggest need right now? What is that, um, what is that prayer request that you know that, that only God can answer, that it couldn't get done without God? How big is your God, sometimes we ask, right? Uh, Which is really a question of how big is your faith, because God's plenty big himself. But how much faith do you have in the power of God? 1 John 4.4 is another related verse on this topic. 1 John 4.4, I love these words. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. There's, there's nothing this world um, can dish out that God can't handle because God is greater than whatever the problem is. We have that sticker on the back of our car, He is greater than I, and it has that, that greater than mathematical symbol he is greater than I, and sometimes people look at that and they're kind of confused because they don't under, they don't understand what it means until it's pointed out to you. He is greater than I, and, uh, and that's really based on 1 John 4, 4, right? That greater is He who's in you than He who's in the world. Um, I was thinking about diff- people who are going through difficult circumstances and how God has sus- sustained them through the difficult circumstances. And uh, I had called uh, Pastor Lon Huff yesterday in Idaho, perhaps some of you remember Pastor Lon, who used to be our community life pastor, to see how he was doing and how um, Jenny, his wife, was doing because they've recently had COVID, the COVID virus. And Jenny, in fact, as you may recall, was in a coma for I think it was either two or three weeks uh, on a ventilator. And now she's back home and she's up and about and getting around and really, really on, uh, on the road to recovery, and so is Lon. Lon had it too. He didn't have to be in the hospital, but it weakened him significantly, and he is still recovering as well. But they're doing great, and they're, they're testifying to the power of God and how God has brought them through this, this very difficult situation because greater is He who is in them than He who is in the world. And uh, uh, I was also thinking about Bruce and Linda Merritt in our church, Bruce has gone through the the medical issues for has it been two years now, um, or even longer? I can't even remember. It's been so long. And just day after day, he just takes faith in God. And day after day, he proclaims how good God is. Even with this, um, I hope I get it right. It was a kidney transplant. And um, if I've got that wrong, please correct me. Uh, but you know, I'm just so um, I'm so grateful and thankful to God for what He's given to. Uh, to Bruce, and, and and not just in the physical healing. But what I'm grateful for is he's given Bruce that faith and that testimony of God is doing this. And whatever God wills, God is doing this. And praise God uh, for the power he's given Bruce and Linda. I love 2 Corinthians 2.14, uh, 2.14 which is another very closely related verse here about the triumph God gives us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14 Well, that's not it. I'm looking at the wrong chapter. Here we are, chapter 2. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. Triumphal, Triumphal procession in Christ, triumphal procession in Christ. That sounds so majestic and it is, right the the, the image is that you know the the battle has been won, the soldiers were out winning the battle and they come back in and they're bringing back with them the spoils of war. and as they come back into the city, they have this triumphal procession, right of victory. And that's and that's the image of our triumph because our God is great and our God is, is, is Can do so much and have give us this incredible, incredible victory and in power. But you know, when I read that verse, I think you know. Let's look at the context again. I just want to show this to you really briefly because I think it even makes it more powerful to us and more practical to us. If you look at that passage starting in verse twelve of Second Corinthians two, here's what Paul says. But when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ. Now Troas was in the northwest corner of what is now modern-day Turkey, back then Asia Minor, and it's right across across the, um, the sea from Greece. He says, now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. And so I said goodbye to them and I went over to Macedonia, which is Greece. In other words, Everything seemed to be going fine, right? He was praying and asking God where to go on his mission, and he ended up going to Troas because he saw an open door of ministry there, whatever that was. Um, But when he got there and he expected Titus to be there to help him, and then Titus was delayed and Titus couldn't be there to help him, it just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. And... How often is it in our lives when we have this great idea and this great plan and we even and it's there's no sin involved, it's just, you know, we're doing the best we can for God and something doesn't work out. What's your attitude then? When you hit a roadblock in life, what's your attitude then? Paul's attitude is this, okay, then I'll just look for the next open door, right? And I'll praise to God because he, because thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumphal procession this doesn't work, he's going to lead us somewhere else. this door gets closed, we'll, we'll find an open window somewhere, right? And, and so, the attitude that Paul has is, once again, I can do all things through Christ, right? I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Um, when something here doesn't work out, I just go there. Because God leads us all the time in triumphal entry. Now, doesn't that verse make more, more sense now, you see? And it's, in context, so powerful. Well, God always finds a way for us. And we can do all things through Christ, no matter the circumstances, whether we're in poverty or riches, whether we're hungry or well-fed. I can do all things. Praise God. I hope that touches your heart. Uh, What is your impossible situation right now? What is your biggest prayer request right now? And uh, just know God is in it with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless your holy name. Bless your holy name for all of these things that we've learned about who we are in christ and the identity that we have in christ and part of our identity is that we have this confidence to know that i can do all things through christ who gives me strength uh, and the enemy's not going to get me down the gates of hell will not prevail no matter how bad the situation looks you are there ready to lead us into the in, into the new arena of life whatever that is Heavenly Father, I pray that you will be with each one of us today on this wonderful Wednesday. Father, I pray for my friends and church family members. I pray for our country. I pray for our leaders um, for um, who will be the new President Biden when he's inaugurated today. I pray that he would have your heart, that he would look to you, dear Heavenly Father, that all of our leaders would look to you, humble themselves and pray, Lord, um, and, uh, and ask you, How should we lead and how should we go? Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this day and pray that you would give us the grace to be our best today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, love you all. And I will see you tomorrow morning, Thursday morning at 7.30. Talk to you later.